Hi, this is Samantha and you're listening to the Layman's Doctor podcast where we're bringing medicine home. And even though I'm on a COVID-19 break, let's talk a little bit about what my COVID-19 break is. My COVID-19 break doesn't mean that I stop pretending or I start pretending that COVID-19 doesn't exist. What it really means, and I wrote an article about this on my website, www.thelaymansdoctorallspeltout.com. It has www.thelaymansdoctor.com. And it's just a conversation about, or it's just a decision for me where I consume content about COVID-19 a little less just to kind of save my mental health and to feel less burnout, especially being a physician that works directly with COVID-19 a lot of the times. Um, in my in since since the pandemic has started and um, being an avid social media user, just seeing things like the numbers and all the news and just having persons always talking to me about COVID, I kind of decided to take a step back and say, you know what, I need to limit the amount of COVID-19 information that I take in because at some point it can't just be 24 hours of COVID-19, COVID-19. However, we it still exists and I acknowledge that and it's important that I also add my own voice to it and um, continue with conversations surrounding COVID-19 and my guest today is actually a pharmacist and a very active pharmacist on social media, Mishka Christie. And before I ask him to introduce himself to us, it's important that we remember that during COVID-19, that the entire healthcare team plays such an important role in this during this pandemic. And this is a time where we're seeing where medicine is so interdisciplinary and there is so much there's so much that can go wrong when one team is overworked or one team is not being utilized and we have to work very very we have to work very synergistically and we each have a role to play that being your doctors your nurses your pharmacists your physiotherapists oh my god they're they're so important in helping patients recover and get better during COVID-19. You have your emergency technicians and your patient care assistants and they play such an amazing role and we are seeing how COVID-19 has done something really extraordinary where it's showing us the wins of the healthcare system but also the areas of the healthcare system where lots of improvements can go on. And you know, this is a conversation. If you follow me on Twitter, or if you talk to me in real life, or you have me on WhatsApp, because I love my WhatsApp statuses. I, yes, I'm a 50-year-old Jamaican auntie, right? You will see that I'm very passionate about um, protecting healthcare workers during the pandemic and talking about the fact that healthcare workers need to be prioritized. Anyways, this long introduction to say, we're going to talk about COVID-19 today, but we're going to talk about it in respect to pharmacy with a pharmacist and medications that you need at home and how your pharmacist plays a role in COVID-19 during COVID-19 and all and, and even their experience um Mishka's experience during this pandemic as a pharmacist and 
how it has affected um, his profession and how he works in pharmacy. So let's go. Let's let's allow him to introduce himself. Please tell us a little bit about you, Mishko. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, I'm Mishka Christie. I'm a registered pharmacist here in Jamaica and also a health content creator. As Samantha said, I am a bit active on social media. Um, I've been a pharmacist for the past, a registered pharmacist for the past, I would say six months. I got registered in December officially but before that i was just always an unlicensed pharmacist you could say but yeah we finally get the the paper and thing that i can practice and so on but yeah it's been a very very interesting period in covid and yeah that's basically me so far so thank you again for having me here samantha thank you thank you for being willing to share all right so let's go straight into it let's talk about how has wait so you've been a pharmacist officially Unlicensed or your one year of a license is very similar to, to medicine where we've spoken about this multiple times where you have a period of internship where it's almost like I don't know if you guys got a provisional license or you just um, had to practice under supervision only. Yes, right. that, the, it's, it's the latter where you just um, practice under supervision. You can do everything a pharmacist does, but you just need that pharmacist watching you and doing that final sign off. Okay, great. And then no, after having your license, you're able to bypass someone else doing the sign-off. Do you sign off on other people's stuff now? I, I sign off on other people's stuff now. I actually have pharmacy wow. students in, in my place and I'm, I'm here signing off. I'm like, who is this? You know, it's like imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, so I'm now signing off people's stuff. And it's just such a drastic change so many things change once they officially get that paper it moves from you have to um having to wait on somebody and also you know it was one big thing that changed that you know really bittersweet you see whenever i was on internship and i answer the phone and somebody's like i want to speak to the pharmacist it's the fastest <laughs> i would throw the phone to the closest pharmacist <laughs> but no whenever somebody's like i want to speak to the pharmacist i'm like this is he <laughs> so yeah that's one big thing but yeah it's 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 really cool to just have that transition into being official and you know being able to do your thing legally and accurately oh okay 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 mm-hmm. good for you now you have to answer the phone and talk to the people then i have uh, called I... the pharmacy mm-hmm. as both a doctor and as a patient right y'all are yeah. y'all are super nice super helpful i find one of my favorite departments when I was at the the hospital has always been pharmacy because oh, for real? it's always just like guess why is so and so surprised? No, 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 I'm just, I'm just asking. <laughs> I've never, I've never really heard it, but people are actually, you know, really nice when it comes down to that the hospital pharmacy setting. But I've never actually heard it, you know. So it's kind of cool, hey, you know, pop color a little bit. So let me tell you, and then at my hospital we had like an amazing clinical pharmacist, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember internship time, you know, if I needed extra stuff, you know, extra in court stock medication, there was one time I needed extra medication. And mm-hmm. I actually went over to the pharmacy quite a few times and I would ask questions if I was unsure about a dosage or something like that. Um, yeah. I would call and, I, you know, 
and they always usually answer their phone during the work hours so you can say hey do you have this do you have that and then providing alternatives and then i even remember after i was working privately and there's most doctor offices tend to have a pharmacy right beside them yeah, conveniently mm-hmm. so you know you don't you didn't have um a, a, a particular medication available and literally i just came out of the office went into the pharmacy and said hey can i talk to the pharmacist <laughs> i did the pharmacist was just like okay I'm, i don't have the answer right now but give me a number and, and we'll call you back when we and i'll call you back and let me tell you i got a call that they're like dr johnson so i think that you can use xyz xyz <laughs> it was it was it was ridiculous because in our setting a lot of times you know one thing but then you know the medication isn't necessarily available available exactly. right yes. and then you have to find alternative medications and i have to say big ups to all med reps and stuff like that because i'm sorry i can't remember what upon the venlis and venlis means what is available for free in the public for system. free in the public system that i was, don't remember that's a, that always beat me when i was in the, the public i was like i don't know what's on this list but there's at least no, somewhere wait, in the wait, pharmacy wait, wait, like wait, we wait, actually wait, did wait, have wait. it how are you to tell me saying you don't know what I mean? No, I see when I was a student and I could just drop in there and like you would oh. have to and like you'd have to know what is what and it's like I don't know, you know, and every second I have to go to the pharmacy so I have to be like, is this you know that and so on. Would that not be on a would that not be on a computer system? That's what I thought you know, you just type in the name of the person and he's like, Oh, but this is free. What are what I'm talking about is the the system at UE where UE is like partially public and partially private. So like oh. we would stock stuff that is not really on the Venn list. So it's like you definitely have to be, yo, is this one of those ones? You know, so it, it it's definitely for that setting. But like for other settings, so like a KPH you now where everything is just once basically it's stocked, then it's it's gonna be on the Venn yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. But because not, not they when have... I was at UE. When I just dropped in, I was like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> I get you. I get you. I get you. Yeah. I completely get you. And that's, that's, it's really, I think, I, I think what I enjoyed the most was really just learning or what I enjoy is trying to learn about the other health professionals, what mm. they do. And, um, it's really interesting because then you really get an understanding for the roles that each person plays and especially with medication the doctor acts as a check the nurse acts as a check and the pharmacist acts as a check and there had been times there would even have interdisciplinary rounds where you have pharmacists come on your rounds and you're able to talk about i had this experience at ue when i was a student but also at my hospital as mm. well where we occasionally have those kind of rounds and you'd be like well it's, say for a common example is a patient is on two antihypertensives. One yes. happens to be enalapril, one happens to be losartan. I know everybody's like, okay, okay, whatever. And then a pharmacist will go, um, well, you have an ACE inhibitor and you have an ARB an on ARB, board. Exactly. Maybe you want, maybe, you know, you have to choose one of those. And then, then you have the added layer of, well, I can see that this patient is also diabetic. Maybe you want to keep the enalapril and take yeah. away the ARB. No, for, for persons who are non-clinical, basically what I'm going to say is, 
we have two medications that really should not go together right and it's something that yes and it's something that's very it's a very common mistake that can happen and what you have is an added eye to look at that and say boy you want to maybe you want to rethink that and that's what happens when you have an interdisciplinary interdisciplinary type of setup where persons can catch not only catch mistakes but they can also offer solutions that you may not have thought about. Exactly. And that has also happened. And some like alternatives that you probably never thought of. And this person is here to say, all right, you know, this is actually on the market too. We're stuck in this now. So you can, you know. Yes. So here's the thing, you know. All of this was for me to point out that when COVID started in March 20. You were an intern. Likewise, mm. I was an intern. I don't know if you were at the end of your internship like I was. When I just started, like, the second part. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, do, I, do, I mean, I don't know how phone is schooling go at all. You know? like, I, I just know that when I just dispense medication when I don't know what to give and what dose to give, I mm. just call you guys and you guys assist me with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm very grateful. I'm sorry. I tweeted today like I'm sorry for any pharmacy so I may have them number because best believe <laughs> my girl ring off on the phone. And we, and we appreciate it, you know. We, we always <laughs> love giving the feedback and the help and the alternatives and this and that. We, we love it. So, ring it off. <laughs> we give it for a reason. We love chat. We want the company. Come. <laughs> so, how, how, how was the experience during COVID as a pharmacist? Like, I think, let me preface this first. Hmm. I feel like people think that COVID nineteen really only affect nurse and doctor nurse because and doctor. we're acting oh. with the where we're the ones interfacing with the patients. Mm. But we also forget that persons with COVID because I work in primary care right now, which means that a lot of the COVID nineteen patients that I see and swap, I send them home. And usually, I send, before I send them home, I send them home with a prescription, the prescription. which means mm-hmm. them have here. to stop at mm-hmm. one pharmacy. Yep. So. We tend to forget that part of COVID-19. We tend to only remember persons who are in hospital, who are on oxygen, who are being intubated. So we really sometimes tend to forget about other healthcare workers and only remember doctors and nurses. And I've seen a, a few talk about pharmacists, mostly in terms of allowing pharmacists to give vaccines as well as, what was it, um, the COVID-19 swabs. Testing, yeah. Yeah, but this is mostly in first world countries or countries abroad. But what was your experience with COVID-19 when it started and even up to now? Well, as a pharmacist, when it just hit, it, it actually did shake up everything. And what you found as what you were saying is that all the focus was just doctors, nurses, and whenever you had those things where people are coming and they're like, oh, we thank you for your service and so on, doctor ward, nurse ward, I was just there in the pharmacy looking like, okay, all right, cool, that that looked nice. Well, I'm getting no free food. <laughs> I'm getting no free food or no, no, nothing, you know. And also, it was just very, it was saddening where it you just definitely saw where people weren't really appreciating pharmacy and it's not really their fault they just don't really understood fully what pharmacists do and the depth as you know where pharmacy 
really goes in the healthcare sector. And that was one of the reasons why I actually started what I was doing, the, the whole MDCRX stuff, the videoing here, the videoing there, because I'm like, I... I just need more people to understand that pharmacy is way more than just, we're not shopkeepers. We're not there to say the tree pona panadol. That's not what we're there to There's more to what this thing is. So that's why I, tr- I tried myself to just enter the, the digital space more um, because I never really saw, you know, much pharmacists in the digital space. And that's what you find with pharmacy too. It's kind of this cycle where the, type of work pharmacy is is very behind the scenes so you get stuck in that cycle of being behind the scenes and so you don't really get that much recognition because even when a lot of these benefits were coming out like you know JOTC was saying okay free free um rides to to doctors nurses and porters done done and we're like Okay, all right. Well, and even there was a case, there was a there was a um thing with one of the pharmacies I work at, where the pharmacist when you remember when Spanish Town did lockdown and nobody could leave or nobody could enter, a mm-hmm, pharmacist mm-hmm. was trying to come to the pharmacy in Kingston, show the police the the pharmacy license, pharmacy ID, and job letter and everything, and the police wouldn't let her go because she is not essential. I'm like. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So a lot of those stuff just really that that was just one side of how it affected us in pharmacy. It just it just showed us how much people don't really understand what it is. People don't understand how essential we are. And on the flip side, no, when you look at the other aspect of just pharmacy's safety, where you had okay the nurses they got more protection and so on. The doctors, they got more protection and so on. But we were just kind of, we got our masks and our gloves and stuff, but we didn't get like a full gear and stuff. But when you look at it, we are still being exposed to like the same level of things because what what was happening was we'd be in the pharmacy. I, at that time, I was, I was in um, hospital pharmacy. We'd be in the pharmacy and what you'd have happening sometimes is you just have like, the porters coming from this ward, that ward, and then you might have some stuff from this ward just basically being transported to the pharmacy. And then, as you said, you'd have patients leaving with prescriptions coming to us. And then at that time, it was it was just, just, just happening. So people weren't really wearing masks or anything. So they'd come to the window. We never had like the glass things yet. So we're just being exposed so it just wasn't as safe as say if you were directly on the ward but then again we as the pharmacists would also have to go on the wards to do medicine checks to this do that but you know we weren't just we just weren't getting the same protection you know so that in and of itself was a bit not scary but you just had to be extra careful within yourself to say all right I need to be careful because we don't get as much protection and so on and so forth. So that's how you can say the pharmacy, two different ways, two main ways where the pharmacy, um, the pharmacy was just affected by COVID. Okay. Yeah. Well, next time when I get my Christmas cake, I'll make sure to bring you a piece. <laughs> you yes, know, and, and, I appreciate and, it. And the uh, alcoholic wine, I will bring you exactly. a piece. And you can have my calendar. 
right? Okay. Sorry, I'm looking. Sorry. I'm looking up for it, you know. <laughs> but that's for real. Um, pharmacy is definitely an an underrated specialty, and the the truth mm-hmm. is really because you guys are behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So. Exactly. Yeah, so if you're behind the scenes, people not see you, people not really think about you, right? And Mm -hmm. the role of a pharmacist that you play, because COVID-19 is is such a spectrum Mm -hmm. of illnesses. And especially now because people are getting the vaccine, you know, people are having um, mild... I don't even know where to go. There's so many avenues to go. The, the vaccine, people might be having mild, I don't even want to say flu-like symptoms because when we use the term, we mostly mean viral, let me use viral-like symptoms. That's mm. a much better one. Or, yeah. So, you know, you have viral-like symptoms. Are we forgetting that things like gastroenteritis happening? Exactly. We forget yes. that you have things, I've seen a lot of like even um small cuts and bruises um allergic reactions happening and one thing i think is that pharmacists play a role in in being kind of like a guidance because i know for a fact i've gone to the pharmacy and i've been like hey you know one thing that's always bothers me is allergies so i'll go and say hey um I'm looking for something over the counter that I can take for allergies, you know? Yeah. And so in co- in COVID, I don't want to say in COVID-19, but in COVID-19 times, how has the prescription filling process changed? Do you only work privately now or are you still in the public sector as well? I'm right now, I'm, I'm still only... No, I'm only private right now. So I'm working in a private sector, community pharmacies, yeah. Okay. So I know that for the public pharmacies, um, these are your drug serves. You know, you have drug serves all over the country that they have they have implemented um, National Health Fund. And I do intend to have a conversation about National Health Fund at some later point mm-hmm. in time. But I know they have WhatsApp yeah. available. They have drop-off available and yeah, drop-off and pick-up. And interestingly enough, a a patient, an elderly patient told me that uh, she just leaves her prescription and apparently she gets her medication delivered to her every month. Um, I don't know if it's a community-based thing, but that's what happens. Um, And I don't know. I I wouldn't say I live in, I work in a fairly small community. It's just that everyone is really Everywhere is really close, and a lot of people know each other. Know each other. So I, I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. Oh, no. If there is <laughs> actually a program, but she said that all oh, them she just drop off the prescription for me. Yeah, she just get her <laughs> medication, and some okay. of them will get appointments. Actually, some of so some of them will also get. A, they have a little card yes. that gives them it's their the, next appointment. It, when I was there, at least they called it the scheduling, I think scheduling, where it's yeah. like they had a card attached to their prescription and they call every time that date comes, the prescription would be like, we'd get the prescription ready based on, on what is on the system and what's recorded. 
um, because we'd have a copy of the prescription as well, mm-hmm. but they have one that they keep. I think that's the original that they'd keep, but we'd have a copy. So we'd fill that copy and they'd bring the, the um, prescription and it would be a way to get them it would be a way to make them get through faster because we didn't want them to be piling up and and so on. So it does help to keep the the crowd to a minimum. Then so they come, drop the prescription off, and then we just look for their names in a filing system, pick out the the, the um prescription um document to make sure that they got the, the dispensing thing, and then we give them what they're supposed to get, and then you know they leave, which severely cuts down the the time. Exactly. It's what that literally is what it's for, though, because you can't you have to admit that a lot of the persons who have reoccurring prescriptions are elderly and are a part of the at risk community. They have hypertension, they have diabetes, they usually have multiple comorbidities, they're asthmatic or they're over 65. So that's I think COVID COVID has given us a lot of initiatives that I don't see to be changing even though i'm not sure if that's that appointment system was brought in because of covid or it was always there because i, I that, personally that one, did not have any exposure no that one that one has it, it was actually there yes. but i think they're probably well i haven't been in like public public like nhf public say, um since covid so i'm not sure what measures really they like put in place for COVID specifically, but that scheduling thing was actually there before because I was I was in NHF NHF public. Um so that's like your public hospitals, Bustamante, um, KPH, things like those. I was at Bustamante for the tour and that's that's the system that they use, the scheduling system. But I'm not sure what other stuff they mm-hmm. put in place. I know they do have um delivery now and uh, um, they've done a lot of stuff with their insurance to try and just keep the elderly and comorbidity patients out as long as possible. So, like, they know full mm-hmm. fill the the, the um, prescription up to about three months, I think. So they can uh, use insurance to actually cover up to three months of medication, so they don't have to come for three months. Mm-hmm. So things like that they've been doing, which is actually really good. It's been so, it's been nice to the patient, to see the elderly patients come in and say, all right, give me three months of this. I'm so glad I did this because I don't have to come out as often because, you know, people like us. Yeah. Come out. And plus, there's an order that them, they, I'm sure that there's an order that persons under 60, on 60 and over must turn on them yard. Right? But it, it's not always easy because a lot of elderly folks actually live by themselves so we'll talk about the nhf and when i say we i mean on layman's doctor we will talk about nhf it's one of the it's definitely one of those organizations that i want to talk about and learn about and give more information about because a lot of persons i think unless you're really really in the public system you might not have a lot of exposure to it but they do a good job so far of um releasing the information on their social media but again it just might not be well exposed so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean we have to remember that internet penetration is not the best in jamaica and a lot of persons exactly. still use radio and text, text message and marketing sadly, and the people and newspaper that info most aren't on the internet 
Exactly. Because when patients ask, Doc, where can I get this test done? And you have to tell them to go Google it. They're like, huh? Google what? Oh, dear. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know it's, 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 there's, there's a sort of, I don't, I'm, I don't know if, I think there, we, we don't have a lot of um, internet penetration and a lot of tech literacy, but hopefully we'll get there. So in the private pharmacies now, I know that pharmacies such as like Fontana, I've been hearing a lot of like WhatsApp, WhatsApp, your prescription. What's, in. Um, How does that even work? Let me tell you how it works now. <clears throat> All right. For the private setting, we the pharmacy I work at too. I mean, I do work at Fontana sometimes, but the, the pharmacy I work at as well, another pharmacy I work at as well, um, they've implemented WhatsApp as well. So how it works in the private setting is you WhatsApp your prescription, take a picture of it, WhatsApp it, and we'll fill it. Basically fill it. If you want a cost, we'll give you the cost. But at that time, we can't give you a cost with any insurance that you have. We'll give you a cost without insurance. So you have an idea. Then you come in with your insurance card and most importantly, the original prescription that you took a picture of. <laughs> so you have to have the original. Then you come in, and if you have a health card, we'd apply the health card, and then we'd deduct um, the, the cost based on what the health card is covering, if it does cover. And then we'd give you the cost, and then we'd basically just run it through. You'd pay, and your stuff would already have been packed and checked and so on. So it does cut the time in half severely. Um what happens this, if like, it does cover hit hard still if the card covers, the one then i'm a chest <laughs> because sometimes what happens is um but for nhf i know what happens a lot of the times is you might have someone newly diagnosed on something and they don't sign up for that condition on the card yet so you might have someone who had a pressure issue so they have pressure and the card normally cover the pressure because they sign up for the pressure but recently you realize the cholesterol high and you don't want them to get stroke so they on some cholesterol medication but when it comes on to cholesterol medication or no that would come on to either circulation or car cardiovascular so you have to sign up for one of those so it would come cover the new cholesterol medication so what does happen sometimes when they come in they might realize that a certain drug isn't covered and the cost might still be a bit high for them. So what they can do is either remove that medication for no or we direct them to the hospital and say, all right, it's a quick process. Honestly, it is a quick process. No, you just go to the hospital, go to the card processing center and you just, well, actually first you get a form and you get the doctor to sign up. Are you talking about like an NHF card? Yeah, yeah, NHF card. The NHF, this is why the person with the chronic illness with the NHF and it not covering something yes. signed up for. They get the but form. Wait, they yeah. they only get the form from the pharmacies because. They do get the form from the pharmacies, but a lot of the times what's happening, especially now, for some reason I don't know, <laughs> but we've just been out of stock of the cards. Sometimes we don't have the cards, so sometimes we just send them to a doctor's office because sometimes, really, a doctor's office might have it. Um, so we send them to the doctor's office to see if they have it, or we call on the hospital to see if they have any forms, and then they can go collect it, but then they'd have to go to a doctor now, to, to their doctor to sign up for it. Then they go back to the card processing center, and they'd put it on in like 15 minutes or so. Okay, okay, makes sense. That's true, because 
um, a lot of times I do see patients who come with the NHF change form and they, they ask for their, for their other comorbidities to be added to the form. If you have an NHF card, you should just have an NHF card and you are covered for everything that's under NHF. I should not have, to me, I don't see why I need to keep, I don't see why the card is tailored to whatever comorbidity you have. I, I think, think, sure. I think they're trying to cut down on insurance fraud. I think that's where they're trying to come from. So you're not buying nobody else medication. I think that's probably where they're coming from. Which yeah, I but, but, things, you know. but, but no, there's so many, no, 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 no. There's so many things though, because you would have to say that the doctor going to have to write somebody else's medication in your name, right? Mm, or you're going to have to go on a, some unscrupulous type of thing to have them use the card, right? Yeah. I don't know how much insurance fraud exists in Jamaica. But is it so much so that if someone who has chronic illness and once you have one, you're at risk of so many other ones, especially mental health illnesses, True. right? If you have diabetes, you're at risk of hypertension. If you have hypertension, you're at risk of diabetes. And as you age, you're at risk of these things. So to me, it's just like, boy, if you have an NHF card, you have an NHF card and you get all the NHF benefits. You don't get a Sajikor mm -hmm. card and it says, oh, it's you said that okay. you have this. Yes, oh, you know, if you have, yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know, if that's not what it, so to me, and I'm really not trying to bash them because I guess they have their reasons, but it's inefficient in my opinion. From my limited purview and my limited knowledge, I think it's inefficient. One thing I will big them up is putting the JADEP and the NHF card into one. On one. Which is yes, what they have I been love doing that now. lately. I love that. Yes. yes. I love that for me. So that's great. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, from here, say, that's 65. Like, all right, cool. JADEP. 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 I don't have to be looking for an extra card or nothing. And it's easier for them. They don't have to be... um keeping track of the second card you know it's just bring me that one card but what sadly does happen sometimes is they might carry the wrong card and carry the jadip card the old jadip card we can't use yeah well, i mean that hardly happens but i'm really glad for the patients for that it does make it easier for them honestly it does it does it really is nice and i think the process has been streamlined that once you reach that age it automatically converts and i don't think you have to reapply if i i think that's what happens a lot of times patients don't sometimes may not know what is what is available for them out there so the truth is yes a lot of times you don't know what resources are available until they need to use them so if you read 65 sometimes it's up to the doctor saying oh yeah you're 65 you have a jadep card and we are taught um in community health medicine that we should ask patients about their social circumstances and we should have them um should let them know about the what is offered locally and what they can get in terms of um social support in terms of a jadep and nhf card but what i'm hearing right now is that i think it sounds i don't know i don't want to use silly but it sounds like on the nose but there might be persons who may not realize that your nhf card or your jadep card can work as an insurance card at your private pharmacies and not just necessarily a sajikor and your and your guardian but you can also use all of these cards, not just in the public system, 
but also in private sector as well. Yeah. No, but I do actually have some people come up to me and when I say, do you, do you have a health card? They'll probably say no. And then after a while, you see them kind of each each, and I'm like, I would ask them again because I realize they look like them unsure about something. And then they'll pull out the NHF and I say, Me, can I use this? I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's exactly actually what I was asking for if you have an NHF card. So sometimes I'll say they have a health card or NHF card, you know? Because some people actually don't know because they're used to being in the public system. So when it comes to a private, they probably don't know that you can actually use it. So I, So yes. Yes, you can use the NHF card and you can See use there? combination if you have your NHF and your surgical oh. and our medicals. Yeah, we can use them all. Yes. Uh, yeah, man. They will bring use up, up use it. Medicaid Listen, you know, many t- you know how much time I will see like a $10,000 bill going to $200. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, get it. Even like antibiotics, I did not know how expensive antibiotics are. That's how yeah. I know my health card. What then give me my health card <laughs> when my eyes had a limit on how much I could use for medication. I was just like, huh? How much is what? And I was like, um, I'm not gonna fill this prescription here. I'm gonna go to my drug serve. You know? There you go, exactly. And I think my upset yes. is just like private private prescription can I use a drug serve? What that's for another that's another day. Another conversation. So conversation for another day. But yes, so yes. persons, when persons are swabbed or tested for COVID nineteen, they're automatically put in quarantine. I know that before, definitely for sure, before persons go home to quarantine, that they must stop at the pharmacy. But are persons allowed to fill other persons' prescriptions? Oh, if, yeah, for them? of course. Yeah, yes, yes. People actually look like it's some people you can tell that they did not know this, but you can actually feel someone else's prescription. Where where some issues come in now is let's just jump back to the health card, wonderful health card. If you, James Dean, have a health card in James Dean name and you're filling Jane Doe prescription for her you cannot use your card for james dean to cover anything on jane doe's prescription all right and what but what can happen is jane jane doe can give you her prescription and her health card and you fill it and use her health card to cover some of her medication but you cannot use your card to cover anything off her prescription or vice versa. I had a thing one time where a patient came and they they used they, they were using their brother's health card and I was telling them you can't use that card, it's not in your name. And they're like, But it's my brother. I'm like, Yeah, but it's not you. And an issue even comes up where if people have multiple names, so like your name is John Doe Williams. If you tell the doctor John Doe and write John Doe on the prescription, but your card is in John Williams, there can be an issue there if you don't have an ID expressing all three of the names. So your ID, a government-issued ID, has to have all three names if that situation comes up. Otherwise, try to tell your doctor all the names that you have. All the names, please. Because too many times, it's just some really different names that it just you would never think is the same person it's like who is this mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they're like no man i'm me them just call me that sometimes so i'm like so why you give your doctor something some people are call you <laughs> you know but mm-hmm. 
But yeah, yeah, um, it does pose that issue. So please tell the doctor your government birth certificate name, the same name that's on your health card. Mm-hmm. If not, present an ID, a government-issued ID, driver's license, voter ID, with all the names on it. Yeah, but you can yeah. definitely fill someone else's prescription, and it'll be fine. So for mar, um, I tend to see that a lot for married women, especially when they have the double barrel name or recently married. It's kind of automatic now, and you're writing a prescription. What is the name on your health card? Because it's, I think it's really exactly. sad to have to come back to the doctor and be like, you know, they they said I can't use my my card because there was something wrong with the prescription or. But that's that's something to keep in mind, not just for healthcare workers, not just for doctors, but also for patients as well. Just be mindful. You have your health card and you have a married name, but it's not your married name on your on your health card. Remember to just remind the doctor to write that name on it um before exactly. before. You know? And I mean, mm. the truth is, you know, if you've gone through, but then again, it's different. Because most times, or the flip side is what happens a lot, actually, um, where they'll have a docket from before they're married. Now they've mm. changed everything but the docket to their married name. And they're just like, boy, you know, I'm on my husband's health card, but I'm on it with my married name. Right? Okay. I you just do that. Now that we're going into like summertime and whatnot um what are some just very quickly what are some at-home medications that you think person should have at home all the time i'll give you my list first that i'm like medications they should have at home all the time dph yes so important Mm -hmm. especially like allergies or if you have young kids i would say dph and i always because the adults can always take the pd version but the chill the kids can't take the adult version the pills and whatnot yes the liquids especially if you have somebody in the family that's allergic to something so a shrimp allergy um peanut allergy food allergies in general sometimes some aisle might be having something in there and Mm -hmm. this person accidentally get it and You'd be surprised how well just a shot of DPH can go. Let me not say a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but a dose of DPH can, can go. Like, you're not because, doing DPH, but yeah. Because when they come to the hospital in Annie, we're go- we give them DPH. Or when, DPH. They have, when they go to the health center, they give, we'll give them DPH. Exactly. Um, as well, like, you might get some other stuff, but DPH is one of our go-tos. Yeah. But um, DPH is also good. Um, if you're having like um, running old sinus issues, yes, yeah, so if you're having yeah. viral like symptoms, so mm. even before, because what I don't want it to sound like is if you ha- if you have a cold or you have sniffles, running nose, that you must take medication at home and stay home with it. No, but what it is 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 a nice relief, especially if it's, it's over a the pre, weekend, like pre emergency yeah. care. I think that's exactly it's a pre something care. Yes, <laughs> before you yes. before you get to there. It's really important to have. It's like CPR. You know, it kind of gives exactly. you that before you get to the emergency room, just gives you that care mm-hmm. that can actually save your life. You know, before you exactly. get that EpiPen that you're going to get at the hospital, when you get that DPH before you reach, it can actually prolong mm-hmm. your life and save you. So, yes, that is definitely one of them. What else you have? So, no. All right. So, I have DPH. I have Panadol. 100% Panadol. Because fever, pain, 
anything like that. I, mm-hmm. I have a cu- I have cough medication on my list, like a brohex or a histotocin. Um, because yeah, what, not only with COVID, but you know, flu season and stuff like that. So I think it's nice to have those on your list yes. so that, say for example, if you realize, say you're having, you're having a little bit of cough or nothing too emergent on say Sunday and you want to go doctor Monday, mean your health center. Exactly. Then you don't have, you don't have to be coughing down the whole place. You can on, get the symptoms and that Yeah, on yes. Sunday. However, the caveat to that is, if you take medication, you don't feel better, or you're getting shorter breath, or you're getting, you, you feel like you need to go to the hospital, you go to the hospital. Well, exactly. That's that's a, that's that's a signposting that you always have to do. So I have Panadol, DPH, some form of cough medication, anti-allergy medications, which can also be one of those syrups, but. I prefer a non-drowsy option. Like, I don't know if Allegra is over-the-counter or Loratidine. Allegra, yes. Allegra, um, Claritin, which is Loratidine, and yes, Zyrtec, which is... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, an anti-allergy medication. Exactly. Um, also, you know what's good? Pain rubs. Pain, definitely. Pain rubs. Pain rubs yeah. I was just about to go into ointments. Pain rubs. Ointments, exactly. Antibacterial ointments. Triple, yeah, triple antibiotic. Yeah, you can actually yes. go over the counter. Yes. Yeah. And when you have your mosquito bites, I know there are certain mm-hmm. ointments that oh, can help I, you I, I definitely bites. advocate for um, DPH cream. You have DPH cream, guys. I did not know DPH cream existed you until did. someone tweeted about it. Listen. I was like, what? Listen, DVH cream, DVH cream, yes, and any, any, especially for like mosquito bites or you know some little itching or like like a rash here and there, like you know a little benign itching, you just use a DPH cream. So I didn't know that existed until Twitter is so awesome, right? And it was a patient that was using it that posted it. I was like, oh wow, this exists. But um, that. Um, I think like even fungal ointments, you know, sometimes they have like an athlete's foot. If you have young kids, oral rehydration salts packets yes, is a must. Oral rehydration salts, definitely, because you don't know when they will get catch diarrhea from whom, from mm-hmm. where. Yes, and probably too. I'm not sure if you, you want to. No, yeah, definitely have it gentle. Yeah, that's worm medicine. Wear medicine, yeah, because sometimes you just realize that them start itch, itch here, so, and you know one that's spreading in the f- <laughs> spreading around. <laughs> if you're feeling a little low, oh, oh, wear medicine is not bad to have at home as well. So, so yeah. Oh my, but you use it with precaution. That's the use thing. it with precaution, exactly. and you can that's always that's speak with your doctor. The thing about is, it. all of, all of um these medications that you have when you're picking it up yeah. from the pharmacy, don't just go buy it. Ask your pharmacist how to use exactly. it. Exactly. We will tell you how to use it. We'll tell you, all right, use this one two times a day. Don't use this more than how many times? Because our Panadol, they're not supposed to be taking more than eight tablets of extra strength Panadol per day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody knows that, but I try to let people know that as much as possible. Yeah. What is one and read the labels. thing to read the labels? Because guess what? Guess what happened with Panadol now? You have this thing called paracetamol poisoning now. Let uh-huh. me tell you how that works. Paracetamol is a fancy name for Panadol. Government name. Not, not even Panadol. Just that. Paracetamol is another name for acetaminophen. So when somebody look on a label and say acetaminophen, and look at the next label and say paracetamol, now they will say, all right, 
are two different two different medications. Give, yep. give whomever, give the child two different uh, medications with the same thing in there, and then they get all the side effects of paracetamol overdose and all that. Mm-hmm. So, so I try as much as possible to let people know acetaminophen and paracetamol, panadol, tylenol, PNX. <laughs> all of them are the all same, the same thing. thing. Same thing, same all the same thing. Yep, exactly. So it's really important. So I, I think that I think the, the biggest point to know to get from this is that yes, you should have your little first aid kit and your at home um pharmacy, right? But the point of these is to to help you start treatment at home before you go off and you need medical, you get medical care. So it's not about, and I always have to stress it to my patients when, for example, when I give them medication, I say, listen, just because doctors say this is what you have and this is a medication that you get, if it's not working, it don't mean, but doctor says this, doctor going, doctor said this medication, if it not work, it not work. Exactly. You come back, work, work. Right? And then the most important thing is that even, you have to understand, even if it does work, if the cough medication work, you still, you still should come. Go to, your pri- you go. go to your primary care physician, especially now, right? If, 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 if your child is having a lot of diarrhea and vomiting, but you know the ORS is actually helping them, you should still come because next thing you know, then your season is here. And for kids, COVID-19 is presenting as, as a lot of vomiting and diarrhea. So at no point should your at-home pharmacy replace... replace here and then when you're yeah and then when you're buying these medications you talk to your pharmacist you know and i think pharmacists play a good role because sometimes what will happen is you'll go to the pharmacy and say boy i have runny nose i'm caught this is an example before covid i've runny nose i have coughing i have joint pain when we can't take over the counter for that and it will say to you you need to go to your doctor this is not something i think uh, you should treat over the counter speaking of the other day, in, I was in my pharmacy, you know, over, over my counter, you know, being my pharmacist and all of that. And somebody comes up to me and they're like, all right, so since the other day, may I have this cough? From here, cough, I'm like, okay, I'm peaked. I'm like, listening out for anything else. And she's like, it's just a cough, cough, cough. And now go away. I'm like, mm. <laughs> And first thing I say, all right, have you gone to your doctor? No. I'm like, oh my goodness. I know she goes on to say, I also have shortness of breath. I'm like, oh my goodness, miss. <laughs> I'm like, miss. And then she's just telling me that she's producing all of this, this mucus and so on. And then she's like, well, we can't take over the counter. And then she points to a medication that's, that's prescription grade and i'm like miss you have to go to the doctor first of all i can't even tell you if it's that you need because you need to go to the doctor to get a full evaluation and so on and then she goes into this coughing fit that you can hear all the mucus down. and i'm like without a mask you know like she took off her mask took off down the place and i'm like mom no like I was I was in my mask, just you know the the common community pharmacy <laughs> mask, just a mask, and as uh, you know, we just had to make sure the place sanitized after that. You know, try to deal with her as as professionally as possible, and so on. You know, not try to discriminate or anything, but 
I'm not missing you need to go to the doctor. You have to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It's not about it's not about that. I know the money might look away, but please go to the doctor. We're in this time, we're in that time. These symptoms are indicative of yep. something like this. I'm not saying this, but something like this. Okay. So just please go to your doctor. She eventually left. Eventually, let me tell you, eventually 30 minutes. Anyway. But <laughs> yes. So it's things like that we have to deal with. And we're like, please don't just go to the doctors. It will save us so much money. Because what we going to keep doing is, if you don't talk to us about the symptoms, on a buy the over-the-counter stuff, I'm going to keep going mm-hmm. and saying, this is not working, my bad, this is my bad. I'm like, the cumulative cost. If you had gone <laughs> to a doctor and treated what was underlying, because a lot of the cases, it sounds like it's an infection that's just not going away. And if you treated mm-hmm. that, and you went to the doctor, from the jump, you wouldn't. You would have probably spent a little over what you just spent a while ago, which would have cleared your stuff up. You know, so it's yeah. like penny wise, man. Yep. So definitely, definitely, um, in no way, shape. You know, you have your medications at home, sure, um, just to help out, but you must always be cognizant of the, or you must always be aware of the fact that nothing beats getting professional care. I know we had more to talk about, but we're at like an hour in. I know. So you don't get, you don't get, you don't, you don't get to drag doctor's handwriting. Doctor's right handwriting. Now. <laughs> yes, right? we that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will have to, this, we will have to, I, I don't know, we will have to extend this conversation to another pod. This one maybe like you know yet. aimed at the doctors. Hopefully we don't feel like any shots fired or anything. I'm, I'm gonna try my best not to but, shot any, any fires. <laughs> no, it's all it's all it's all fun and games because we know you know the whole world knows. But I definitely do want to talk about um have wait have I signposted enough yet? Because I'm very very careful. You now we have to signpost out. I really want listeners to realize and to be very aware of nothing is going to replace professional advice, right? Mm-hmm. So either you go to, you go, go, you, you contact a doctor at a telemedicine, um, through a telemedicine application. Exactly. You go to your, your health center or you go to your private doctor right having medication at home is just to alleviate symptoms until you can go to your doctor right if it's an emergency if you have a really high fever and you're shivering and you're having and you're shaking right or your baby has a fever and is fitting you know they might have seizure they might fit that is not the time to give them panadol that you have at home and watch and wait Mm -hmm. no that is the time for you to go to an urgent care center, right? And it's just a part of public education and a, and a part of health literacy that really empowers persons to become, um, to, to put their health at the forefront and to help them um, be better at managing their health and knowing about their health. So we will have to talk next time. We're exactly. going to have a conversation mostly dedicated for doctors on how to really (laughs) 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 how to really maximize the use of your pharmacy your pharmacist and how to improve the doctor pharmacy relationship and just a small part of it is writing legibly okay sometimes 
is <laughs> that's just a small part of it, okay? The dropping so, <laughs> so that's that is our next conversation that I'm really excited about. I thought we would have been able to cover everything in this, but it'll get too long now. It's getting right, better, but it was a very good convo. It was a very good convo, full of information, very salient. So I'm glad that we got out so much convo that would benefit the patients so much. Yeah, so thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. If we leave it up to you, we're gonna talk for two hours. I'm mean, really in exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right, we have places to be. Um, but you know. Right. Of course, of course, we need to drop your your health content creator. We definitely need more of us in the space. We can't do it all, right? I encourage persons to just yeah, just create health content. Do it, do it, do it. Um, so your health content creator, right? We now malice you kind of have the pan on your certain yet, but it's 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 whatever. It's whatever. No malice here. But um, please just let us know where can we find you? What kind of content do you create, and why should we, you know, subscribe to your YouTube and be on your Instagram and all of that stuff? Well, I mean, I do health and wellness content. That's my main focus. It's it's entertaining, you know, you get a chuckle here and there, you get the chuckles, you get the chuckles, <laughs> and but you're getting the information, which is the more important thing. And in a time like this, knowledge is power. We don't want people to be, you know, fretting. We don't want them with false info to be going around the place, spreading false info as well, inciting even more fear, unfounded fear into other persons. So that's the main reason why I should come here so you can get, you know, informed, educated, and entertained. Because, again, yes, you get the chuckles. I'm presently on Instagram uh, um, under the name MDC underscore RX. So M as in Mishka, D as in dog, and then C as in cricket, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> underscore R x and on youtube it's just mdcrx so no underscore there um on twitter i'm mishka christie and on linkedin i'm also mishka christie that's how it's spelled so yeah go follow them up the youtube is growing it's it's doing some good stuff um i have some new ideas coming out that will be very very interesting to watch so i'm actually excited about that i'm doing a little strategizing and stuff so i'm excited about what's coming for you guys so definitely follow and i have something big planned coming up in about june therefore but i'm gonna leave it there just follow and yes yes (laughs) yes Yes. okay yes there we go Okay, okay, okay. I love this. I love this. And of course, as usual, everything will be linked down in the show notes below. Please go and support. I hope you got some gems from this conversation. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and you felt like you were part of our conversation and that you learned some stuff and that you will utilize your pharmacist, both healthcare workers and patients, utilize your pharmacist 
So thank you for listening to this podcast. You know, if you want to connect with me, you can email me, you can DM me, you can email me at thelaymansdoctor at gmail.com. That's all spelled out. Or you can reach out to me using my website, www.thelaymansdoctor.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at thelaymansdr. That's at thelaymansdr. And until next time, please keep safe. I really hope you enjoyed the pod. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.